Hello, everyone. It's time again to talk Ann Arbor area prep hoops with your Coach Speak podcast crew, Derek Seidel from Napoleon, Josh Trope from Chelsea, and yours truly, Matt Seidel from Olivet, all head boys basketball coaches at their respective schools. Gentlemen, welcome back to the pod. We are into preview number three, the Cascades Conference boys teams. Looking forward to it. Before we get into that, how are uh, how are both of you? Doing pretty well. Enjoying the, uh, getting started with conditioning and four-man workouts this week. I, I don't know if you guys can tell or not, but I'm already starting to lose my voice, uh, even though we haven't even you know done anything official yet. So that's becoming a, a yearly tradition. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I'm doing great. Uh, I just got home from the U of M women's uh, exhibition game against uh, Grand Valley State. Uh, Love watching the women play. I had a chance to uh, see the Concordia men play earlier this week as well. But uh, the women's team, Nas, unbelievable. She's hitting threes now. Um, Amy Dilk, she is the real deal. I mean, she is an absolute stud athletically, makes plays for the team. She had a great Euro step in the open floor, um, able to get to the paint, create a ton of stuff for other people. Um, and, and, you know, just they have a ton of depth. Um, ton of size at U of M right now as well, you know, and, and one of my favorites to watch without a doubt, you know, is, is Maddie Nolan. She's the mad bomber coming in. She's got a great stroke from three best rotation on the ball of any of the, the girls that got shooting it. And uh, she, she finishes with 11 rebounds and easily led the team in claps and cheers from the bench, even though she starts. So, you know, they're really good. Um, I know I, I unfortunately missed it when you guys had Danielle Roush on uh, this summer, um, but what a floor leader. I mean, she had a ton of tough finishes in the second half. Absolute floor general. Um, you know, obviously she was great on the podcast, but then watching her play, I mean, she, she's a coach on the floor. So, you know, U of M, the top 10 program in the, in the country, they played like it. Um, only knock on them tonight was too many turnovers. Um, and then, you know, there was, there was a, a horrible charge call in that game. And it, it just goes back to the fact that, we've got to get rid of the charge from off the ball help to better our game. You should not be taking charges from help. I, I, we, we talked about this last year. If you're not guarding the ball, you shouldn't be able to take the charge. Um, and then uh, the other, the, the other nice thing about tonight for two minutes, um, we, we saw Avery Cabana from grass Lake sneak into that game and, and play on that court, which was really cool. So this is date night at the Trope house going to the Michigan women's game. Yeah, I mean, I asked Alicia, I'm like, hey, it's date night. What are we doing? She, you know, she loves to go in Ann Arbor. You know, we, we both love Ann Arbor. Uh, great city. Um, they, they care about all the right things there in Ann Arbor, which is great. And we're able to go out to uh, get some food and then go check out the women. And we, we love Kim and what, what she's done with the program. And, and uh, we love watching the women play. You love Ann Arbor, but you lo love to get the Ann Arbor schools a hard time. So it, 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 there's a I, lot. I, do. I, I love Ann Arbor for everything it stands for. I just hate wearing a mask. And, okay. and by the way, the mask police at the game tonight were in full force, by the way. Well, that leads me into my, our, our pre-Cascades preview topic, and that is about masks. I, in the last 24 hours, I've had two conversations. One, with athletic directors in the Greater Lansing Activities Conference, uh, my colleagues, Three of the schools in our conference, uh, the three Ingham County schools, all still have mask mandates. Well, they're having a new order that comes down Monday, which will allow them to test out of wearing a mask during competition. 
uh, and, and, and some of them may do it and some of them may not. It all depends on the philosophy of the school. Uh, the problem is the teams, the visiting schools like Olivet from Eaton County, uh, when we come in, unless we test the day of or the day before, we will be required to wear a mask while we're at that plur- while we're at their gym. So we could go into an Ingham County school and have to wear a mask if our kids won't test. But the Ingham County school that has the mandate, their kids may not be wearing masks. Uh, like I at, during our, our Zoom session, I was saying that's not happening. That's a competitive disadvantage. There's no way if you take your mask off, we're taking our masks off. So we've got that stuff going on. And then at today, when I was sending out an email for the GLAC Cascades Conference Boys Basketball Challenge, which takes place December 11 at Olivet College, I had one of the coaches ask, um, are we going to be required to wear a mask? And I said, that's a great question. So I contacted Olivet College and just to get uh, their position on that. And their position is the, the players, the active, if you're active physically, you do not have to wear a mask, but everyone else does. So we're into that odd dynamic where spectators and coaches and non-playing players uh, have to wear them. So it's just a very strange thing because it all depends on what county you're in. But you guys have any thoughts? I mean, I'm glad we're playing. I'm glad we're playing. But it, this is going to be an interesting deal with the math this particular season. Well, I got I got a lot of thoughts. Go ahead, Derek. I live in Jackson County, so none of this stuff even exists where I live. <laughs> so I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't. There's no masks. I, I wear a mask every day in the classroom because I'm around 110 different kids every day, and you know they're all you know whatever. But no, no mask required for us or or anything like that. So I, I actually, to be honest with you, I haven't even thought about it that much. We have one school in our um, league that's outside of Jackson County. That's Manchester, and well, <laughs> we all know how Manchester feels about this whole thing with the way they're they've been in the news. Um, but Anyways, yeah, I, I, all jokes aside, no, I it is a problem, like you're saying. I, I guess I didn't realize how big of the issues they're, they're having with conferences that are in different counties and things like that. And that's uh, definitely definitely going to be weird to deal with. I mean, depending on which game you're playing, where you're playing, it's going to change. It's just it's definitely messy. Um, the I don't know how I feel. Like the testing out of it is kind of an odd piece um to add in if you're vaccinated does that matter or do you not have to test if you're vaccinated or everybody has to test everybody has to test Vac- vaccinations all of a sudden don't matter anymore which is oh yeah that, that makes a lot of sense <laughs> right yeah, yeah. okay uh, I was just wondering. So, so as ad uh what, what about wrestling in ingham county they're gonna wear a mask they lost me at basketball so i, I we never got into that it was kind of a real quick uh zoom call kind of a, just a, a throw together one so the wrestling we didn't have all the answers um and, and still got a lot of questions mhsa came out with something yesterday but uh, i i believe the wrestlers when they're when they're competing there's no way they're going to be wearing a mask i don't even think that's safe to do let alone play basketball with a mask but well i i think you know so we're at the michigan game tonight and i'm eating popcorn and drinking water no problem. Everyone around me was. And, um, you know, I got done and, and I, I didn't have my mask on. I was, I was watching the game, you know, and cheering things like that. And, uh, an elderly woman, um, you know, put a sign about three inches from my face in, in, uh, holding it on a stick and, and so close, I really couldn't read the sign anyways, cause she basically shoved it in my face. Um, and, and basically it was telling me to put my mask back on. Um, but it, it's confusing because 
10 seconds earlier was safe to eat popcorn and drink water. But, but right now is urgent that I get my mask back on. So I, you know, we've been wearing these things for 18 months. I, you know, I, Jackson County's not wearing them. Livingston County's not wearing them. Lenway County's not wearing them. There's not mass shutdowns of schools. There's not mass hospitalizations. Um, you know, I, I would just say to Ingham County that they're wrong and, and, and let the athletes play without a mask. I mean, Mark Yule came out in an email and, and made it very clear that the MHSA was asking local county health departments to please get on the same page and let active participants take their masks off. Not coaches, not fans, but active participants. Um, and we're also going to lose officials in places like Ingham County. You're going to have a hard time getting officials there asking them to wear a mask. Um, I, again, I am as pro-vaccine as it gets. Cannot wait to get my booster shot here shortly. Um, and if you want to wear a mask, I fully support you. But I, I don't believe the data supports wearing a mask during a sport as something that's going to make it safer. I, I, if anything, I worry about the health concerns of kids participating in a mask, a cheerleader throwing someone up in the air with a mask sliding over their eyes when they're supposed to catch them. A wrestler, I have no idea how you could possibly do that with wrestling. And in basketball, you know, we can say we're wearing them. We all know that's a joke. It was a joke last year. They didn't wear them. They wore them on their chins. So so it's theater at this point. I, I really don't – I don't think it's – like you said, it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day. I think we make – it's just people like to complain about it. Like you said, last year they weren't really necessarily worn properly. I, it, it's – in my opinion – You say that, but you, 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 you coach in Napoleon where, yeah. where nobody wears a mask. And your well, players we, we wore don't them last wear a mask directly. I mean, we, we wore them last social, year. You and didn't we, social distance on the bench during games. You didn't wear your mask correctly during your games last year. We, I mean, I watched those videos. So you say that, but it's not really being done. We, okay. Well, you weren't at our games and we I did wear them. We wear them. We wear them as properly as we were supposed to by the refs. I played wearing a mask. The, the idea that it's unsafe to play wearing a mask, I think is a little bit excessive. Um, in my opinion, like a lot of people have done it and it's been fine. But again, my, I think it's just, I'm, I'm to the point where it's like, I don't care. We're wearing the mask. We're not wearing the mask. I, I we'll, we'll do it either way. I, I just don't even think about it anymore. It's just whatever it is. I, it definitely is, you know, annoying. And I agree. I am, I guess we're fortunate in that, you know, at, at most of our games as of right now are going to be played without the mask, but I, I don't know. I guess I, I do think it's kind of blown a little bit out of proportion. I'm not sure how I feel about masks anymore. Um, I, I had an original feeling when this whole pandemic started. I, I, I don't feel it's it's real. The basketball, playing, trying to play basketball in a mask, uh, they are not worn properly very often by anybody. But I'd rather have a season than not. Um, I guess my issue is just the inconsistency. And I, I know what the MHSA is doing, that they tried to set the tone by saying, uh, you know, we're not going to mandate anything that's not mandated by the health department. Um, and but but when you go into another school district, you have to kind of comply to their expectations. But this weird thing, like it's going on in Ingham County, uh, both teams wear them or both teams don't wear them. The, the competitive disadvantage to 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 wearing a mask when someone else isn't, and that now we're getting into the testing. Uh, well, maybe this you know the school doesn't want to test or parents don't want to test. So well, I I guess you could call that a choice, but. Bottom line is you get out of a basketball game and if, 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 if half the kids are wearing them and half aren't, it, it's it's not, that's just too weird to me. So let's either all wear them uh, or, or not wear them. Back to the vaccination, that's the way. I'd rather see that. I, if they told me you had to be vaccinated to play or coach, I'd, I'd sign on that. I'd say, you're right. yes, 
I'm good with that. Um, I know that would not be very popular in the town uh, where I work and coach, um, but that's that's what I believe in. But um, it's just it's just strange, you know. And I just kind of looking at this year. Um, I could go on forever about this, but I just want to one last point is this is you do realize that the state finals are played in Ingham County. And that's why they should be in Ann Arbor. Oh, that's right. Well, Washington County. So Washington County is just if you're playing, you don't have to wear a mask. Right. But otherwise you do. And Correct. That, and, yeah. and I think that's more than fair. Yep. OK. All right. Enough of that mask, though. Let, let's talk basketball. Let's talk Cascades Conference basketball. This is our Jackson County uh, League. A bunch of, uh, you know, schools that all we've talked about this. They're all the same size. They're all so close. Man, what a what a dream to, to only have to ride like 10 or 15 minutes to all of your games. Derek really likes this uh, compared to when he was in the big eight. But let's um let's start breaking down some of these teams. And uh, obviously it's a little awkward for uh, one of our uh, try hosts here, Derek, since he is the head coach of Napoleon. But um, we're going to have to talk about the Pirates at some point. But let's start first with the long time. A favorite in this league, defending champs, uh, one of the best programs in the state in Division Three. They have a new coach, Andrew Birch at Hanover Horton. Uh, uh, Hanover was twenty and two last year under Chad Mortimer. They have perhaps the arguably the best player in the area, one of the best players in the area, and the best player in the conference returning in Carson Sanders. Can this team do it again? Win this league? Are they the favorite or? Uh, or some of these uh, some of these under squads, the ones that have been knocking on the door, are they ready to take over? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there's no question they return the best player in Carson Sanders, as you said. And um, I think that a program this used to having success at the JV and varsity level is going to continue to have success. I know that they're going to be well coached. Andrew did an excellent job turning around the girls program in he was Chad's a JV or assistant coach before that. So he understands what Hanover Horton boys basketball is all about. I think as the great pro wrestler, Ric Flair said, <laughs> if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And until somebody can beat Hanover Horton, they have to still be the favorite. There's no question about that. Yeah, I agree with you there. They, they have this aura about them. They, and I, I only got to experience it for one year with Chad coaching, but like, you know, that it really was a real, this, this things just seem to go well for them. They, they always, they, they play the right way. Um, they were so hard nosed and tough even last year. And, you know, um, that was a lot of people will say that wasn't even one of their more talented teams a year ago. And, and lo and behold, they're in the Breslin center at the end of the year. Um, I think that that kind of magic dust is not going to be gone just uh, in one year, um, obviously graduating as many players as they do, um, it is tough. I mean, they really only bring back one guy who played significant minutes, uh, last year. Now that guy being an all stater and, um, a, you know, the best player in the league is definitely helpful. <laughs> they, they definitely have talent in the program still. Um, I think they have some good role players to fill in that are going to be seniors. A lot of them actually had to play JV last year as juniors, which is a unique situation, obviously. But that's what happens when you have, you know, seven or eight seniors in your rotation on uh, on the varsity. Um, so I think that that's good. The, the one or key thing to note here, they do have a couple guards on their JV last year that I was really impressed with. Um, Logan Blackledge, who will only be a sophomore this year, he was their, their 
point guard a year ago on the JV as a freshman. It was really, really solid. He really get, pushes the ball up and down the floor really well. And then, and then Tristan Johnson, the other guard uh, that played next to him last year on the JV, who will be a junior this year. I really think those two are going to step in and, and, and play a big role off the JV um, to go along with Gavin Gumper, who's a, a very good athlete as well and, and was a, a varsity player that just didn't get quite as many minutes a year ago. Not a ton of size other than, than Sanders. There is a, there's a young man named uh, Ty Walker, the senior, and there's one, one of those kids you referred to as a JV player a year ago. How uh, is he varsity ready? Is he, have you seen some things out of him that, 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 that looks like he's going to contribute this year for them? I, I think he definitely can contribute. I think, you know, he could have contributed at a lot of varsity programs a year ago is mm. what I, how I feel. I mean, he's a long, um, active player. Again, he's smart. Like it seems like all the handover kids are just said they have good instincts. Um, I really like the way he defends. Um, and I think he'll, he'll fit in well for them on the inside. Okay. Well, you know what, we're going to jump, uh, you know, so if, if they're, and, and I agree with Josh, they're, they've got to be the favorite until someone beats them. And, and even if they're not the best team in the league this year, just getting over that mental part, everybody, you know, someone's going to have to beat them at some point. But the, the, the team that comes up, we can't really avoid this. The, we, ask, we always ask the coaches to kind of rate their conference. And some coaches like to put themselves at the top, just, to, you know, to show confidence in their players. Others like to sandbag. But the, the, there's no doubt the team that came up is, is the one who might be the biggest threat to them this year. Derek would be your Napoleon Pirates. So let's let's jump into that squad. I know this is going to be kind of odd, but um, I've watched these guys a lot because you're the coach, and, and this is a talented group. There's some things that are going to have to be fixed for them to be able to contend in, 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 in the conference and contend in the district. Um, but, you know, 10-5 and five last year at Napoleon, got to a district championship in an outstanding game with uh, Michigan Center, who's, who's not going away this year either. But, um, Josh, you've seen Derek's team play a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. you know some of his personnel what are you thinking about the uh, the pirates for the 21-22 season well i'm glad you brought up though that without doubt that they are the number one team in the coaches poll there, there's no question the coaches in the league have, have decided they are the favorite this year um and and rightfully so i i mean again and still got to beat Hanover, which they haven't done and, and they couldn't get by center last year either. So they still have to do that, but they're, they're in a prime position to do it. I really like Zach Johnson. He's explosive, got a lot of swagger. Um, I, I really like sophomore guard Devontae Habern. I hope I said that right. Um, I love the depth that they have. Grant Bradley might be the best overall athlete uh, in the league outside of Carson Sanders. Um, and he's, could play point forward a la Scottie Pippen if coach turns him loose, but he can also go down and bag and get some buckets, step out and hit the three. You know, this summer I saw him dunking in AAU games. So again, tons of depth everywhere, but really what Derek has brought to Napoleon is it's really what separates it more so than the, the standout player. They, they have a lot of depth and talent, but his all the time he's put into a skill work, it, it, it's showing. I mean, these kids shoot it and handle it at, at a really high level. Um, the pace of play is is outstanding. And, and that, that comes from his style of play and coaching really turns them loose. Um, I, I saw that he, they averaged over 63 points per game last year, but more impressive, they had 60 possessions a game. Um, you know, I mean, they, they're going to they're going to dive and press you if they think they can get you on a free throw. They're going to two two one if they want to speed you up. He's really going to dictate the pace of game. Um and I, I just think, and, and his players have bought in to their credit, and they, they're, you know, finding a lot of success in that style. 
you know, I saw them lose their, their district final last year in one of the, the best games I had seen all season long. Um, and they just lost to a team that, that does what they do a little bit better than them on that certain day. And that was Michigan center. I mean, there's some guys here. I mean, they're, you know, keeping these guys happy is going to be a challenge, but I mean, there's, there's some senior Javen Toomey Patterson, a six, three long athletic wing, really good defensive player. Um, he, he does a lot of things. Uh, if he finishes a little bit better than he did a year ago, look for him to have an, another, you know, he's his third year on the varsity. Hartley Marvin, uh, a senior guard, and you know, replacing um, the, his all-league point guard from a year ago. Hartley's going to a little bit of pressure on him, but he's a returning starter and a smart kid. Uh, Trent Jester uh, is only a junior. He's a 6'4". So he looks like he's about 6'6", 6'7", with his arm span. This kid, I don't know if everybody even really knows about him. Look out for this guy. He's strong. He's, he's gotten better. He's doing a lot of things. And this guy, Jason Negus, Kyler Reason, John Barnard. I mean, this, uh, uh, he's got nine guys that are coming back that have experience and have played a lot and have committed to a lot. And, and we haven't even talked about uh, this stud athlete who's only a sophomore, Holden Van Poppel. So another, you're talking about 10 guys now that are athletic, um, if they decide they want to play together and they want to defend, I think they, they could have a special season. Derek, there's a lot of pressure on you with all this talk. What, uh, how does that make you feel? No, I mean, it's good. I like it. I like that you know, there's high expectations. Um, like you mentioned, we bringing back nine guys uh, from an 11-man uh, roster a year ago is is pretty crazy to think about. Um and it sets us up with you know a lot of experience, like you like you mentioned. We have a lot of talent. That's because our guys have put in a lot of time. Uh, and, you know, I think that the biggest thing that that's helped us, or it's just you know not beyond that, is we're really long <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, we just got a bunch of six three, six four, six five kids, um, and some of them are actually pretty versatile as well, uh, which is which is really valuable for us. Um, I think that that's going to give us an advantage um, against, you know, some of the other class C teams that we play. Um, I, like you said, I, our biggest thing is it's really going to come down to, to the little things and whether we can buy in and, you know, can, can we make, sh make sure that we're all on the same page and, and we're really, you know, team focused as opposed to individual, um, accolades and things like that. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't have any doubt that we can do that, but, um, yeah, I, I like where we're at. I, I don't think that, I don't think that we're just going to run away with the league. I definitely don't feel like that's the case. And I don't even, the other, you know, we mentioned that maybe some of the, we're, we're being picked near the top of the league by everybody. Nobody seems like almost everyone is, is considering it to be uh, a close, close battle at the top maybe they're lean a few people lean does a few people mentioned center um as well uh, as the favorite I, I i think that it should be you know really tough and in those those games are going to be close which we haven't really shown that we can win those games yet um so i'm really interested to see how we can how we can step up in those big games this year so five all five of your losses last year came to the two teams that finished above you three three losses to michigan center and two to hanover so let's talk about Michigan Center because they they too have a lot of guys back. Six are listed. Um, I remember watching most of these guys last year in that district final, um, and they've got some guys you know coming up uh, from the JV as well. I mean, it's a pretty talented team. Um, the Cosmic Twins. I, I remember both of them in the team. I mean, they just they're competitors. They know how to win. 
Um, you know, the, the lefty uh, is, uh, is an interesting guy. Uh, I think it was Carter Cosman is the lefty. Um, and there's, there's Nicholas Cosman, who's a little smaller. Um, but, you know, they, they don't bring back huge numbers, but they bring back some intangibles and they know how to play. And then they got, like I said, three or four other uh gentlemen that that participated on that on that uh, district championship team a year ago what what scares you about center what uh, when, when you prepare for them what what goes into that and it is, it is a lot to it a year ago the biggest they were so deep a year ago i think that the thing that's slightly different for them than us is they had more seniors. So they had, you know, four, I mean, they started four seniors a year ago that happened to, to graduate, but what you may not realize if you didn't really watch them closely is that I feel like the four guys that we, you know, are on this list as returners that were coming off the bench, were not very far behind their seniors a year ago. They had a ton of depth and um, like they really play a tough style to, um, to compete against. So we obviously, could not break it. Uh, they, they play really fast. They get out and go um, on makes or misses. And they'll, if you don't get back on defense and get set, they'll score on you. They did that way too often on us in our three games against them a year ago. Um, they can, they can mess you up with a little pressure, uh, but they also can be sound in the half court. Their, their dribble drive motion system is really tough to handle, um, especially with their quick guards. I mean, like Nicholas Cosmet last year was really, really good. Um, I, I, I think that he was extremely underrated by our league. Um, he didn't get even all league honorable mention a year ago, partly because the way we do honorable mention is a little weird in the Cascades. But um, yeah, I, I think they have a lot of talent. Uh, the fact that they, ha- they, they also play the right way. They're really well coached by Coach Gaddy. I mean, they, they're, they're definitely no slouch. You have to play them as well this year, Josh, right? In Michigan Center. You, you played them last year and you're playing them again this year? Yeah, we beat them in overtime last year. I, I don't know if there's anything left uh, that you guys didn't <laughs> say about, about them. But um, I would just say, again, Nicholas Cosman, to me, was one of the best guards we played last year. He had 21 on us, and he, he was special in that game. We, we had no answer. And and I agree that Verlandez Williams is it's much better than advertised. He's he's left-handed, really good in the post. Um, he causes a lot of issues, and so no, excellent team, uh, really incredible program. Gaddy's done a great job there over the last eight to ten years, and um, I think he's got a few years left until Son Ty graduates. And don't be surprised if if Travis slides over the girls. He's got a pretty special group of girls coming through with his uh, daughter being a seventh grader there at center. Derek, yeah, they, you might you might get rid of Mortimer and Gaddy in a couple. You know, have both of them gone of the, the two legends and make it a little bit easier, maybe. So, oh my God, yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> they they get they get so much out of uh you know like role players that you don't realize. Like uh, you know, I think some other thing people don't realize is how good of a rebounding team they are, right? Like they had a few kids last year that didn't put up big stats, like a couple of them that graduated, but they just they're so tough on the glass. I mean, like that's what you're mentioning with Williams. Like we he is tough on the on the glass inside for sure. Uh, three guys. Uh, this this total side note has nothing to do with anything. He has three guys named Carter on his team. I mean, how <laughs> you say Carter at practice and, and six eyes look at you. I mean, you got Carter Cosman, Carter McBride, and Carter Hall. At least Carter Hall, it starts with a K. But that that's unique. I mean, it's like uh, I don't know. There's a girl's name they call Michelle or something like that. But yeah, that's that's uh, it's funny. He's got to have nicknames for those three, I'm sure. There there is one other team that. Uh, uh, we we definitely need to mention as a contender maybe this year, and that would be Vandercook Lake uh, under uh, second year coach Corey Ray. They were nine and nine a year ago. 
got off to a shaky start, but then really turned their season around. We're playing uh, really good basketball. Um, we got to see him a few times, obviously, when they played Napoleon. You know, they've got uh, is, is Demarion Smith is back, who, you know, averaged nearly 22 points a game last year. But they've added a guy as well, um, a guy named Jermaine Buckner, uh, who, you know, in, in Coach Ray was not shy in saying that, you know, he, he's one of the best, if not the best all-around player in the league. And he's a transfer from um, Northwest. Uh, and, and, you know, you put him with Smith and some of their other pieces, this is a really dangerous team. He actually is from Lumen. He was initially, originally at Northwest, then was at Lumen, and he's now at uh, Vandercook, I believe. Oh, bounced around a little bit. Okay, well, he's he's at Vandy now. So he's, yes, he's exactly. Some problem now, yeah. So. <laughs> has, anybody yeah seen, is... has anybody seen him play? Has anybody seen Buckner yeah. play? Yeah, so I, I would say as a freshman, he came into our gym. I had just come back to high school. And he came in our gym and played us in the summer. And, I, I mean, he was one of the most electric um, and skilled small point guards I, I had seen as a freshman since maybe Latin Davis. And, I mean, he was he was special. He, he got to the paint. He got anywhere he wanted to go. You know what I mean? It's one of those, like, he got to the point where, like, hey, let's just let him shoot. And then he made threes. Um, you know, at the time, he was playing for the family. And uh, one of the best uh, travel teams, you know, AAU clubs in, in the state of Michigan. And um, he had a great freshman year at Northwest. And then, you know, obviously he, some some tough stuff, obviously with transferring schools and things like that, you know, seemed like a good kid. You know, I don't know the whole situation, how he's ended up at Vandercook, but he was at Lumen for a while. Um, and, yeah, you know, th this is talk about um, – a wild card here. I, I didn't know he was there until I was reading this earlier. And yeah, he's going to, I mean, he's going to definitely, he's, he's going to beat somebody that they shouldn't beat. That's how good he is. Yeah. I think wild card is the perfect way to describe Vandercook. Um, because you know, with not only did they actually have a few other kids that are transferring in as well, I don't know as much about the other kids, but I think they're, they're going to be contributors as well. So there's a lot of pieces coming together at once. Um, which creates that type of wild card situation. You know, how well can they mesh is going to be important. But when you got Demarion Smith and Jermaine Buckner in the backcourt, like <laughs> there's no more talented backcourt in the Cascades. It's not even close. Um, now they're both high volume scorers, um, so you know you got to hope you can contain them. Um, and, and and you know that you know on, on any given night though, like you're saying, if they if either of them gets hot or they both get hot, you could you could be in trouble. Um, or you could really just feel like you have no chance. Coach, uh, Coach Ray mentioned, you know, Kyle Stiles and Avery Pierce is, is, is some uh, key returners. Anthony Jimenez, uh, another small guard, um, pretty good shooter, though, despite being only 5'7 or 5'8. But there's uh, a couple of newcomers, Eric Wilson, who's 6'3, might create some matchup problems. And Tyrell Showers, uh, coach mentioned, you know, don't, don't be surprised if he is a double, double guy on some nights or most nights, uh, six, two junior forward, um, kind of a rebound, dirty guy does the dirty work, not a dirty player, a guy that does some <laughs> dirty work inside. Sorry about that, Tyrell. That's not what I meant. So, uh, but he'll play down low and, and, and grab some boards. So they got some, some interesting pieces and, and they had a little momentum last year, especially they created a, a pretty good vibe. So look out for them. So, I mean, that there's, that's half the league right there. And uh, on any given day, um, 
you know, who knows, you know, and, and there's definitely some talent, especially when we're talking about, you know, a bunch of division three schools. Um, you know, Corey, Corey's done a great job of, of building culture with, you know, it, it may, he's made it really exciting to be in that program. Again, he, he's, he's got a great Twitter presence and, um, doing some nice things with the locker room, the uniforms, and, you know, he's making kids really want to be a part of that program. And, and that wasn't the case in years past. Uh, you know, so I, and, and let's be honest, you're not going to get any calls against them. Corey being a former high school official, he's definitely getting all the calls those nights. Oh man. Don't, don't get me started on official. So, <laughs> uh, the other four schools in this conference, you know, we're talking about Manchester, Grass Lake, East Jackson and Addison. Um, any thoughts on who, who's the best of the rest and just in terms of personnel or, or uh, experience? Any thoughts on that? I think the best of the rest is Grass Lake, personally, if you're looking just at talent. Now, it's a weird situation for them, though, because they relied extremely heavily on three players a year ago, and all three of them are gone. Um, they didn't have a very deep varsity roster either. They only had, I want to say, like eight players in a lot of their games they had some injuries and stuff. So they don't, they don't return a ton of um, like scoring or numbers from the varsity team, but again, the, the good old fictional JV title. I do believe that they ended up with the best record of all the JV teams. In the league. I could be wrong about that, but um, they were a good JV team, uh, whether they were the, you know, top team uh, or not. And they had a few kids that remember, like you just, you looked at them and you're like, why is this kid not on the varsity? um last year when you looked at the jv like the um the one kid in particular uh i believe it's pronounced connor trip um big big tall wing player oh you know six three um at least and you know he's got a, a filled out body and, and he's he's really not a big he's a he's a wing that that just kind of screams um a a varsity body and he was a jv kid a year ago and, and and was really successful in the jv um blake stark was another jv guard that i know he he played a pretty prominent role, I believe in their football program as well, but he's a, uh, he was a really good player and he, he, he lit us up when we played him um, in, in the JV game. So again, I think those two are like just ready to step in and be um, heavy varsity contributors right off the bat. Um, and then they have a few guys coming back. I know uh, I believe it's Zeke Dubell. Um, he had a really good game. I thought in their, um, district semifinal, they, they got beat pretty bad by center, but he had, he really showed well that day. I had not seen him. He, he was hurt when we played him last year. So I, I didn't, uh, get as, as much of a look at him as some of the other players. He was impressive in that game, getting to the rim and attacking the rim. And they do have a little bit of size with a guy like Jack Easterday who's back as well. So I, I would pick them as the best of the rest with the talent. And I, I don't know much about this, this other kid, the freshman, um, I know he is a little bit of a phenom um, in the Cascades. I know he, he's playing some varsity quarterback as a freshman as well. I know Tropes might have a little more info on him because I think he played him in travel some. Yeah, I know he played with Luke a lot um, and played uh, against him, obviously, sometimes as well. But Braden Lape and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I go as far as saying phenom, but but he is definitely special. Um, he's going to be a three-sport legend at Grass Lake. They'll probably have a – uh, you know, a statue out front at some point if he, if he uh, <laughs> but no, he, he really is. He is a special kid and, and, and not just from a talent aspect. I mean, he's just a great competitor, great kid uh, plays with poise all the time. Um, I, I think he'll be a big part of the varsity this year. I would be shocked if he wasn't. Now Manchester uh, coached by Zach Neal, a, a tough year last year, two and 14 uh, had a few good moments, but uh, struggled for most of the year. They bring back, uh, you know, five guys um, that, that had some experience last year. 
they do have a listed as a newcomer, but he's really not a newcomer. Aiden Kelly, who I, I remember talking about him as a football player, I believe at one point, but um, it sounds like he played as a sophomore and was a post player. Pretty good one. Um, that team with Ty Horky, 6'6", senior, he's back um, playing. At least we, we, we think he's going to be back playing. So I don't know, the, the only Washington County team, and um, they might have a different mask rule than the rest of the league, but Guys, uh, those returning guys, Derek, um, anybody stand out to you? Is, is somebody um, that impressed you a year ago? Yeah, the, the Preston McKenzie was uh, – he, he knocked down a lot of shots last year, I thought. I thought he shot the ball well. That that was – he definitely stood out, and he was definitely one of the guys on our scouting report that, that stood out. Uh, Grant Tarr had, had the ball handling duties um, last year as the point, and he did a decent job uh, at that trying to distribute – um, the ball around a year ago. So I think he, he did a pretty good job there and they have a couple of def- decent athletes. I know Jackson McGuigan is a guy, kid that um, uh, I think he was hurt a little bit a year ago when we played him, but his name was, is all over the place when you watch Manchester play football. So again, I, I think he's a, he's a, a good athlete that you could um, expect to see um, play, play a decent role for them as well this year. Sounds like coach is pretty excited too. I mean, I think, I think he's got some guys that have put in some time in the off season, which is always a struggle at Manchester, um, big emphasis on shooting, which of course a lot of coaches, uh, uh, they obviously want to use the off season for that, but he sounds like he's excited and, and thinks if things fall into place, they might be able to contend for a top half finish, which is going to be a challenge based on those four talented teams that we mentioned right off the start. So um, wish him well, but I, I think he's got like some, st- he's adding some stability to this program and a little bit of excitement as well. So we'll see if that um, pays dividends or not. The other two uh, in our conference, in this uh, Cascades conference, East Jackson, who has gone through an interesting coaching situation. I mean, Rodney uh, uh, Loden was uh, there four and 14 last year with Rodney as the head coach. And he, he stepped down and they, they attempted to replace him uh, kind of late in the game. It was this fall and uh, some things just didn't work out uh, there. And uh, some of the candidates that they had hoped for either bailed out or they, they weren't available or, or whatever. And Rodney had been a good guy that he is. Uh, Jeff Punch is the athletic director. I believe he's got he, Rodney's decided to do it for another year and, and just, uh, you know, um, just so they can have a program and, and give these kids some stability. Um, but it's just a, kind of an odd dynamic because he had kind of stepped away and now he's back. They have been an enigma, let's face it, the last couple of years. I remember seeing some of these kids play two years ago when Derek was at Springport, and they looked like they had three legitimate sophomores on that team and that this was going to be a, a good team in a year or two, and that would be right now, yet there's still just a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, Austin McKessie, obviously, a, you know, a senior wing, and that's a name that I, I, I remember for a while ago, but um, thoughts on East Jackson? I mean – I remember that team. Uh, it was two years ago, and and they were rolling three, four, five sophomores out there with that group. And I thought, wow, this this could be a special group in a few years. But they had a transfer to uh, Western. Um, they they lost another kid last year to some uh, family circumstances. It sounds like, and and then they just had some like as you said, instability. And when things went sideways last year, it seemed like they just couldn't get it back. Um, Rodney's been there a while, you know, he's done a good job. I, I, I think, you know, what an amazing guy to step away and, and decide it's done. And then when school reaches out and say, Hey, we need you. I mean, to show how much he cares about those kids and, and loves that community to come back. That's huge. 
And uh, so hopefully the kids reward him with, with a lot of effort on the court and, and, you know, hopefully they're super coachable and hopefully he's all in and, and they can have a great season or, or at least the best of their ability. Yeah. It definitely hurts. I know they lost a couple of those um, kids from that, that what's now a senior class. Um, but, but those were their, their kids with size, with the most size too, are the ones who are gone, which I think is kind of left a little bit of a, a hole in the inside for them um, with this year's team. But yeah, also McKessie and Jake Swintek are the, are the two seniors that, uh, were standout wings, I think, uh, two years ago, uh, around some of their other pieces. So they're still they're still around. Basically, they're they're all both three years start. They'll be three year starters coming into this year, um, assuming that everything remains the same for them. Um, the other two, like they have two guys that kind of remind that play similar roles. I felt when we played against them, Ben Mano and Mason Dingy, um, pretty solid athletes, like strong kids. Um, that, that I think will again, be steady role players for them, um, this year. The one kid that I thought a year ago was showing some flashes of a kid that could be really good, um, is Caleb Weaver. And, uh, a year ago, he, he played a little JV, a little varsity throughout the season. Um, and he showed, showed some things like in, in the games that I saw that like, whoa, if, if he builds on this, like he could be really, really good. He's quick and he's got some skill. Um, he, he could be a really good player. So uh, I, I think that they do have a little bit there. I know their, their JV had a few solid, solid players coming as well. Uh, I have heard that they may have a few new kids as well um, that are that are transfers that may be in the mix. I don't have really any info on that. Uh, but, you know, so I, I think they could still be solid. Uh, you know, co- coach likes – uh, to, to mix it up defensively, they got the little three-two zone that can be a little sticky. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think that I think that they can still have a, a successful year despite the fact that 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 senior class lost a few pieces along the way. Right, and and I, I should add, I mean, I I mentioned that they they had a kind of a coaching situation, you know, this fall where they uh, they were interviewing. It, it wasn't like they waited. They obviously they had a coaching they had a coach step down. Ryan Zyla was going to be the head coach and was the head coach. Uh, for part of the summer and into the fall and seem to be building a little bit of excitement around the program. And then uh, he is no longer with the program. And that is where the, the vacancy uh, was created. And then, of course, they had to scramble. And uh, again, giving Rodney a lot of credit for coming back. So last year, we did not get a hold of Marv Cox, the head coach at Addison. He, 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 was, uh, he was unable to whatever get any information. We we got a hold of, of, of Coach Cox this year. Uh, Addison was three and twelve a year ago. They are a football school, uh, so much so that that he like he's just not real comfortable talking to us right now about basketball. He's going to give him give him some time, and he's really not even one hundred percent sure who's going to be there. But they're they're going to try to win uh, some football games uh, between now and Thanksgiving, and and then they'll worry about basketball when football's over. But um, Again, he, he's got a few guys back. They've got, a, I know they got one, at least one pretty good player. And Addison always, you know, every, every about three or four years, Addison has a decent player, it seems like. Um, they really struggled a year ago. Uh, Derek, what do we know about Addison? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I actually think they've got a little bit of talent. They just, they don't, they did not have a lot of guys in the program a year ago. Like, the five quarter rule was, it seemed like when we played them, it was necessary for them to get through the game. They needed the five quarter rule. Like, they had, six kids that were playing in both games, you know, in some of the film I watched in, in our games that might've also been due to, you know, kids being injured or whatever, you know, that, that stuff was common a year ago and, and sickness and stuff. But I really think that 
Spencer Brown was, was a really good freshman on the varsity a year ago. By the end of the year, in my opinion, he was pretty clearly their best player. I think the stats showed it out. I mean, he averaged double figures a year ago. Um, good score. I think he, in my estimation for what I've seen from him, I think he'd be a really good wing player. He has to handle the ball a little more for them than maybe he would in other programs. Maybe he could be more of that wing scorer. I could be wrong on that. That's just my quick take. I think he's going to have, if he continues to build on his freshman year, he's going to have a good four-year career there. Um, Dylan Saudi is another big guard that they've got. Um, big, strong kitty. I think he's the quarterback in the football team. And for them, that means you, know, you got to be a hard nosed runner as the quarterback <laughs> in that, in that football system. Um, and, and again, I big kid got some handle. I, I think he could be a decent player for him. Um, I know Kobe Farrow um, has been on their varsity for a while. He's a steady undersized or not, not that tall of a post player, but he is strong. Again, another football kid. So they have a few pieces there that I think could be, um, could be valuable for him. The one, kid that I don't know much about because obviously it's only my second year in the league, but Nate signs was a, a freshman two years ago, big kid. Um, and he was, he was on the bench a year ago or, you know, was there, but was out the whole year. I think it was with a collarbone or some sort of injury from football that lasted the whole year. I don't, I've never seen the kid play, like I said, uh, but he was a, a, a freshman that played um, decent minutes, missed the whole year, and he is a big dude. So um, th- they got a few pieces there, I think. It, the biggest thing that probably hurts him is that there's such a football school, and they're also a you know, wrestling school as well. So I, I don't know that they get their their top athletes or, or basketball guys all the time. Derek, you beat them 75-14 to 14 last year. That, But the second time, it was closer. It was. It was a much better game. They were missing. They were missing a couple of their guys that first time we beat them too. But yeah, I hope so. It it was still seventy-five to fourteen. That's what's interesting, you know. Addison and Manchester, for that matter, you know, really strong wrestling schools, and at schools that that small, where they're you know they're they're state powers in wrestling, it's hard to be competent in basketball, and they and they both struggle to do that at least on a regular basis. But. yeah, it's the league seems to be divided into two this year, kind of the, the big four and the next four, but we'll see. Um, I think a couple of those, the, the ones that we talked about last are, are, are trying to trying to uh, jump in there or, or, or grab a signature win or two. Um, but it, it's early. It's it's early November and this 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 season won't be determined for a couple of months yet, um, at least the league season. But um, it's fun talking about these eight schools especially just because of their location and and now our, our we got obviously got a connection with them with Derek being part of that league so looking forward to it I hope the uh, the GLAC can uh, the, the GLAC can hold their own in the GLAC Cascades Challenge it's the second time I've referenced that on December 11 but those two leagues are pretty pretty comparable Josh do you have uh, other than Michigan Center do you have any Cascades teams on your schedule because I know you're you're a master at scheduling so I figure you probably got three or four no, just center, um, okay. just center. You know, we right now we're at a point in our program where we're we're not. No, we're we're good. We're good. And plus, that Grass Lake and Coach Comstock beat me up so bad so many so so many years. I don't want to go back and play any Cascades school, schools. Uh, I remember one year the Cascades went like three and zero against the SEC White one night. It was it was unbelievable. Adrian lost Lincoln lost and we lost all in the same night to the Cascades so yes you see we've decided to stay away from the Cascades conference they beat us up too bad that's when Hanover beat Imani Bates and company that night right yeah that's yeah right. oh my god yeah all right well you know speaking of your your Chelsea Bulldogs they will be the the part of our next preview uh the, our fourth uh, we got five total our fourth one will be the SEC White 
only six schools. So we'll have time to go over that and we will uh, grill coach trope on the, on the heavy favorite uh, Chelsea Bulldogs. I, I got to believe they're going to be heavy favorites, Derek. Is that pretty much a foregone conclusion? Don't you no think? doubt. We got to put right. the pressure on a coach lot of pressure on him. a lot of pressure on him. So. Hey, D- Derek and I had a, a talk off the air. Pressure is a privilege. We've decided it's a good thing. All right. I wouldn't Sounds know anything good. about that. So I, I try to go the other way on that, but anyway, good talking to you guys. Uh, that was, that was fun. We will see you next time with the sec white. Take care.